I don't know if you're sick, listen to me, God won't fail you. If there's something going on in your family, God won't fail you. If you've got anxiety, God won't fail you. I wanna encourage you, stay the course. Stay in His Word. Stay in His house. Keep lining your life up with the Word of God and He won't fail. Can I get an amen? Can someone testify that that's been true in their lives? By giving God a clap offering today, hallelujah. Praise God. That might be one of my favourite songs ever. He won't fail. Maybe we should sing it every week and just get it to be one of those songs that one day you just never want to hear again. (laughs) You ever had that at church, you know, shout to the Lord. Yeah, my God is so strong. Yeah, lots of those. Anyway, I tend to do that a lot. Just ask them for a song on repeat. And my wife and, and Amanda are usually like, we don't want to ruin this great song for everybody. So, so perhaps, you know, just once every two weeks is enough, you know. But anyway, <clears throat> if you're new, I just want to say thanks for coming to church. I, um, I know you could have gone anywhere today. I'm glad that you're here. And I'm thankful that you're here. And I'm not glad that you're here so that we can fill some more seats or anything like that, although that's cool, but um, I'm glad you're here because I know that if you get into God's house, that it'll change your life. And I also know that in this house, you're going to get the whole counsel of the Word of God. And the more of the Word of God you get, uh, where and if you can just surround yourself Uh, in an atmosphere that's not seeking to recreate God's Son in our image, but in an atmosphere that's seeking to have God rearrange our lives into His image, that if you get around that kind of place, that it's going to bless your family, it's going to bless your relationships, it's going to bless your finances, it's going to bless your health, it's just going to bless your whole life. But most of all, it's going to bless your soul as you become more and more in tune with the things of God and God's plans for your life. So because of that, I'm glad that you find yourself in the house of God today. And we want to welcome you by giving you a gift. So straight after the service, uh, as my friend Pastor Laura said earlier, uh, we've got a gift for you out there in the lobby. So run and grab that afterwards. Um, uh, a couple other things. Um, uh, we got a big bold update coming in April. Um, we know that this one just gone was, you know, same pictures, same stuff. Um, our architects weren't ready for uh, a whole new set of plans. Uh, but in April, we're going to have, um, that'll be the third on-ramp <clears throat> or the second year. And we're going to have actual blueprints and designs and plans and all that kind of stuff for you in April. But you got to wait. <clears throat> till April, all right? And uh, so that's exciting too, and we'll share more with you. Uh, also, you can still drop your bold pledges uh, in the offering bucket, or you can go to myeternity.com forward slash bold uh, and make your pledge there. Or if you're wondering what the heck I'm talking about, you can also go find out at myeternity.com forward slash bold. But the general gist is we're building a new building. God is good. It's going to be great. Um, we're lifting up the name of Jesus. Can I get an Amen. <clears throat> Um, and so do that. Um, I know a lot of people were like, we're traveling a lot right now and people are like, pledges are still coming here and there and people are like, yeah, mine will be there when I'm finally back at church. Cool, no worries. Or you can go to myjourney.com forward slash bold and uh, that'd be awesome. So It's good to be back preaching this week. I, I wasn't here last week. Um, had like influenza or something for a couple of weeks and it wasn't fun. 
Um, I, I definitely would have preferred that other sickness. Um, <coughs> it was a lot easier and uh, for me as a healthy young, young. I don't know that I get to say that. Am I middle-aged, babe? Yeah. Anyway, as a reasonably healthy, young, middle-aged man, um, it was fine, but uh, I survived, so anyway. Uh, Rob did a good job last week, Pastor Rob, didn't he? Um, be sure to do me a favor. Um, our staff only get a certain number of weekends off per year. Um, I wish we could make that a rule for you as well, but, um, you know, um, but that, that doesn't work. Apparently that's called a cult where we're like, you have to be here at that. So we're not doing that. But, um, but Rob's away uh, this weekend. Um, what he's actually doing is sitting in a blind somewhere trying to murder a deer. And, um, and so we're here preaching life and he's out doing murder. And so, um, and those of you who call it thinking in your head, I'm a hypocrite right now because I did that last year as well. Um, hey, I'm the one with the microphone. So, um, so it is what it is. So make sure to get on his Instagram and call him a murderer of love or something like that. And so that'd be great. But that's from Dan in real life, if you're wondering what that was. So anyway, um, <clears throat> we're walking through Genesis. <laughs> so people are like, it's going to be a long sermon. Um, we're walking through Genesis at the moment. And, um, and uh, Genesis literally means beginning. So we're sort of rolling through that. We're up to chapter 10 and 11 today. Uh, you can actually take your seats right now. I'm going to read the word later on. Um, usually we stay standing as we read the Word. Um, but today, um, <clears throat> I'm going to have a bit of fun. We're going to bounce around a little bit. So I'm going to uh, let you sit down for now. Um, walking through Genesis is, uh, it's a book of firsts, right? We talked about the law, the law of first mention uh, and uh, how there's been a lot of firsts that we've seen so far uh, from Genesis uh, 1 to 9, chapter 1 to chapter 9. Uh, we've seen the beginning of our planet, the beginning <coughs> of plants, vegetation, animals. Uh, we've seen the first man, the first woman, um, the first baby, um, the first grandchild, the first debate between a man and a woman, between whose fault it is that there was, um, you know, sin in the world. And hey, I like light. I can see you. You can read your Bibles. Hallelujah. Come on. Look at that. Hey, I just saw John Wick over to the right. How about that? Stand up. Stand up for a minute, Dan, Dana. Dan, is that John Wick or what? Anyway, you can sit down. Um, Anyway, so don't mess with me. If you came here to interfere, you know you're going to get it. The, the, the uh, what is it? The Baba Yaga going to get you. So anyway, um, where am I? I? I'm easily distracted today, aren't I? Mm. <clears throat> anyway, we saw the first sin, the first sacrifice, uh, the first display of God's grace, the first departure from God's plan for marriage, family, sex, all these kind of things. We've seen a lot uh, we saw the first murder. Um, there's been a lot from Genesis uh, chapter 1 to chapter 9. Um, just from Genesis uh, ch uh, chapter 1 to Noah was over a thousand years of human history. Isn't that crazy, right? And, um, and so the world population grew, and then there was Noah, and the world population was devastated. And, um, and then Noah uh, and his three sons and their wives um, were on the ark, and it all starts again, and who knows that since that day, the population has grown significantly, right? Um, and so anyway, the title of my message today is World Domination, all right? World Domination, um, and uh, I did put a thing out. Who saw, who knows what the sermon's about today? Give me a wave, right? <clears throat> all right, so get on Instagram, everybody else, all right? Uh, you know, you want to stay up to date with what's going on? It's on Instagram, okay? Um, our sermon is about globalism today. 
Uh, we're going to look at globalism. Is it godly? Is it ungodly? We're not going to look at globalism because I'm like, that's a great topic, but because that's where the text leads us today, okay? Um, we're going to look at are these worldwide institutions such as the UN or, or, or large conglomerate national, um, transnational institutions like NATO and the European Union, things like that. Are they good for humanity? Are they bad for humanity? Are they in line with God's Word or, they are, are, or are they opposed to God's Word? Because we don't want to live our lives in echo chambers, right? We don't want to live our lives uh, according to the Republican uh, 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 platform or according to the Democratic platform uh, or the independent platform, if that ever is one. Uh, what we want to do is we want to live our lives according to the Word of God. The only echo chamber that I want to live my life in is having the, the, the Word of God echoing in all the chambers of my heart. Can I get an amen? And so when we look at these kind of topics, what we want to do is <clears throat> not look at what seems right, but we want to discover what is right. Amen. And uh, not what seems to line up with my politics or, 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 or with my family's preferences, but what would God have to say about these things? And so it is, um, excuse me, <coughs> it is going to get hot in here today. Um, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be fun, though. Um, I want to preach the full counsel of the Word of God, um, unencumbered by uh, politics, uh, opinions, uh, uh, pressures of the world. Uh, but I also don't want to get bum-rushed on the stage, um, and I also don't want to end up on uh, some sort of federal list because of the things I'm talking about today. And so, so let's pray. You with me? <coughs> all right. Anyone interested in these kind of conversations at all, all right? A biblical perspective, good. I'm glad I'm preaching to somebody who wants to hear what Genesis 10 and 11 show us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help. God, uh, I pray that as I preach this word today, that, uh, that you would help us to line our hearts up. Every chamber of our heart, Lord God, would echo with the word of God would echo with your plans, with your designs, with your call, with your commands in our lives, God, that we would live our lives in pursuit of you and all that you have for us, that we would not uh, just, uh, uh, just be pulled uh, by some political opinion, some powerful person, Lord God, but that we would be uh, anchored in the Word of God, that, that your plans would echo in us and, and through us, uh, and that, that because of that, Lord God, as the wind blows, as the waves uh, crash, Lord God, uh, uh, that, that we would find ourselves anchored, firm, strong, full of peace, full of hope, because you are our firm foundation, Lord God. And so I pray today that you would help me to preach a word distraction-free and in a way that empowers your people to live the life that you planned for them in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen and somebody else say get to the word. All right, here it is. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 10 for a little bit, um, and uh, <clears throat> there's some names in here that are unbelievably difficult to pronounce, um, and usually what I do when I read something like that and don't know how to pronounce it, I just say it, and then I tell you that that's how we say it in Australia, and, um, and, that, and then there's just an assumption that I'm right and you're wrong. Um, truth is, I don't know how to say half of them, um, but neither do you, so let's just roll with it. Are you ready? Okay, these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth was a decent guy, Ham was a bad guy, and Shem uh, was actually the one within whom the Savior of the world would come through, Jesus Christ comes through the lineage of Shem, okay? 
Um, the sons of Japheth were Gomer, um, Magog, uh, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshesh, and Teres. The sons of Gomer were Ashkenah, uh, Riphath, and Togamara, and Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, Kittim, Dodanim. Um, and, <laughs> and from these, the coastland people spread uh, in their lands, each within his own um, uh, 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 where is it? Um, where, where, I'm lost. So many words. Uh, from these, the coastland people spread in their lands, each with his own language, by their own clans, and uh, by their own uh, desires. And here, the cool thing about this is, this is a zoom out. Remember we talked about zoom in, zoom out? Who remembers that, right? Genesis often zooms in, zooms out, zooms in, zooms out. And what I mean by that is there might be an entire chapter dedicated to like a thousand years, and then the next chapter will zoom in and spend the same amount of verses on maybe a month, right? Uh, right there. So zoom out, zoom in. What we're doing right now is Genesis 10 is a zoom out on a longer period of time, and then Genesis 11 zooms back in on verse 5, verse 4, 5 around there, okay? And you need to know that because if you don't understand that, Genesis 11 looks like a lie because it says that the whole world spoke one language, but you go back to Genesis chapter 10 and it said each with his own language. And so what's going on there? Well, Genesis 10 is zoom out and then Genesis 11, we're gonna come back and zoom in on verse five. Verse five is the Tower of Babel. This is where they spread to the coastlands. Then the sons of Ham, Cush, um, uh, Egypt, Put, uh, put and Canaan, the sons of Cush, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, Septica, and Rama, Sheba, and Dedan, and Cush, right? There's so many, so many names here. Cush fathered Nimrod. Do you call idiots Nimrod in America? Yeah, there's a name we probably shouldn't use. You know, everyone's looking for these great biblical names. We got to Judah and Eli, and then just we're like, the rest are too weird, right? Don't roll down to Nimrod, all right? Uh, he was the first mighty man of God. Uh, he, drove a, he, he drove a raptor um, or a Mustang. He did, not have, uh, he did not have the electric one. He did not have a Prius. He, he did not drive an Impala, all right? He, he, he had a Mustang, all right? He, he had all the power. He was a mighty man. Um, the beginning of his kingdom was Babel, uh, Eric, Kahad, uh, Kelna and the land of Shinar, all right? And from there they went into Assyria and then they built the city of Nineveh, right? Uh, I'm gonna fast forward now to verse 21. <coughs> this is the lineage that Christ came through. To Shem also the father of all the children of Eba, the elder brother of Japheth. Children were born, the sons of Shem were Elam, Asher, Lad, and Aram. The sons of Aram were As, Hal, Goethe, and Mash, and fathered Shelah, and Shelah fathered Eba. Eba had two sons, and one whose name was Peleg, for in his days the earth was divided. His brother's name was Joktan. Joktan fathered Almadad, Shephath, Hazmath, uh, Hadaram, Uzzel, and a bad word, so we'll just end it there. <laughs> There's a lot of names, right? <clears throat> a lot of names. What, what I love about this is God knows your name too and cares about it enough to write it down. Uh, your name is written in the book of life now, hallelujah. You give, it's not written here, but because you've given your life to Christ, it's written in the book of life. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> what happened here was um, in Genesis 10, it, it showed us the, um, it showed us the, the, the whole 
zoom in and zoom out. It zoomed out, it showed us the beginning of go forth, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Now, if you remember in Genesis chapter one and nine, that was the first command of God after the flood and pre-flood was to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then again in Genesis chapter nine, and then this fill the earth and subdue it, be fruitful and multiply this concept, this idea that God had commanded. He doesn't let it die. Even in Genesis chapter 35, God says it again, as Jacob becomes Israel, God says, your name is Jacob, your, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel, verse 11 of 35. And God said to him, I am God almighty, be fruitful and multiply a nation and a great company of nations or a, a great number of similar nations uh, shall come from you and kings shall come from your own body, speaking obviously primarily of the king of kings. <laughs> Amen. And so God really does want us to spread out on the earth, to multiply within the earth and to fill it. It's obvious, right? He just keeps saying it. And I'm going to repeat what God repeats and emphasize what God emphasizes. God wants you to have kids, all right? Um, you're not destroying the planet, have more kids. Let's outbreed the unbelievers. Come on now, right? Um, more grace, more peace, more love, more truth on the earth as you have more kids. Now, so in Genesis 10, that is on, right? After the flood, they are multiplying, they're playing fun games, they're winning great prizes, they're multiplying as God commanded them. Now, every one of us comes from one of those three sons. Every single one of us comes from either uh, Shem, Ham, or Japheth, right? We're all from there. In fact, uh, Acts 17, <coughs> excuse me, says, he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and boundaries for their dwelling place. Now there's a lot in that. Number one, it's just reminding us we all came from Noah, therefore every one of us comes from either Shem, uh, Shem, Ham, or Japheth. What I also love about this is it says that God has determined the allotted period that you will live and the boundary of where you will live. So what that means to me is God determined that you would be now and you would be here. Isn't that awesome? You know, we know in Esther, right, when her uncle says, hey, perhaps God has called you for such a time as this. What I love is that you don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to read into the text now to understand that God has indeed called, allotted, and appointed you for such a time as this and such a place as this. Right here, right now, you are where God called you to be. If, if, without you, the world is lacking. God put you here on purpose. Isn't that exciting? <clears throat> so chapter 11 then zooms in on the establishment of the first nations, the first governments, first kingdoms, multiplication of languages. We go from one language to many languages uh, before, before verse four of chapter 10 and before ver, uh, chapter 11. Uh, all people had one common spoken language. What's fascinating now is that scholars today agree that there was one tongue, I think it's called Indo something. Uh, there was one original tongue that everybody, uh, uh, that everybody spoke in that, and they say that that disappeared from the earth approximately 2,500 years before Christ. This is not 
Christian scholars, this is secular scholars that agree there was one spoken language and it's gone now and now there are multiple languages and it lines up exactly with the Tower of Babel. Isn't that fascinating? Now for the rest of the sermon, I'm going to keep saying Babel um, and, uh, and you're going to wonder if I'm talking about Babel, I am. You're saying it wrong, I'm saying it right. This word really is a, a situation where this is actually how we say it in Australia, the Tower of Babel. And uh, so I just want to get that because every time I say it, people keep going. You know? <clears throat> so what's the deal with the Tower of Babel? Well, firstly, the word Babel has two meanings um, throughout history. Uh, first was to mean uh, gate of God or the gate of the gods. Um, and it's also become synonymous now with the word confusion. Uh, we even have an app called Babel or Babel, um, and that's all about language and things like that, right? So these folks at Babel wanted to set themselves up in a place to either be gods themselves or to not need God in their lives and live by themselves, right? Um, they'd become very arrogant. They'd become a very prideful people. In fact, they're the ones that Mary, the mother of Jesus, sang about when she said uh, that you have dispersed, uh, you have, that was weird, um, that you have dispersed the proudful among the earth. And she's talking about the people at Babel. <clears throat> These people wanted to create a tower, a gate of God or a gate of the gods, one place where all people would be able to get to God or where they would not need God. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. now we know that this is impossible, don't we? We know that we will always need God that we know that mankind cannot climb a skyscraper uh, into heaven, uh, but that didn't stop them, and that really doesn't stop us sometimes, does it? We so often try to fix our own problems. We so often try to earn our salvation. We so often want to reinterpret God's commands for ourselves and be like, well, I know you said that, but I like a bit of that, but I like mostly this, and we want to be the gods of our own lives, right? Uh, and every time that we behave in that way, God has to intervene and save us from ourselves. I love in verse 5, um, we see God do what God always seems to have to do for us. It says in verse 5, and the Lord came down. While we are proud and trying to lift ourselves up, God, who is high and mighty, is always coming down to our level. Isn't that fascinating, right? And while we try to save ourselves, the Lord comes down. Uh, Adam and Eve were ashamed uh, of their sin and of their nakedness, and the Lord came down. Mankind was in disobedience to God's first command, and the Lord came down. Mankind ultimately lives in wickedness and in disobedience to, and in the greatest act of humility, grace and mercy and love. For God so loved the world that the Lord came down in the person of Jesus Christ once and for all, paid the price for our sins, our arrogance, our disobedience uh, to the Word of God. In Acts, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the Lord came down in the person of the Holy Spirit to fill and to empower every believer to live the life that God created for them. You could say that this one sentence, the Lord came down, these four words, the Lord came down, actually are, are quite synonymous with the whole entire word of God itself, right? It's the story of God and mankind. The Lord came down. And oh, how I thank God for his grace and mercy that when I sinned and fell short of the glory of God, that the Lord came down. How glad I am that when I am lost and don't know what to do, that the Lord came down. How grateful I am and how thankful I am that when I'm afraid, the Lord comes down. 
That when I had surgery, heart surgery, and I was, I was overcome with fear for a moment of time, that the Lord came down and gave me peace and hope. That when I worry about my children and their futures, that the Lord comes down and he comforts me. That when I'm disobedient, the Lord comes down and that he redirects me. That when he tells me to go right, but instead I turn left, the Lord comes down to intervene as gently as he can. But sometimes I'm so stubborn, I keep going left when he wants me to go right and he has to put some roadblocks in my way. But I'm thankful that the Lord comes down and intervenes and interferes and gets in my way and helps me take a turn back toward that which God called me to do. I'm so grateful that the Lord comes down. Anybody else? <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever heard someone say, everything happens for a reason. Well, sometimes that reason is I was an idiot and God was trying to get my attention. So the Lord came down and was like, stop that way, silly boy, right? In this moment, in... Uh, Genesis chapter 11, they were living in disobedience, they were living in wickedness and in pride, and the Lord came down. Firstly, they were told to fill the earth, but instead they said, mm, I must stay here. Let's stay together for safety. Let's stay together for security. But God said, fill the earth, didn't he? God didn't say, go forth, multiply, fill Mesopotamia and subdue it. That's what that region was called in, in, in the time, Mesopotamia, um, throughout biblical history. He didn't say fill Mesopotamia. He said, fill the earth. But they wanted to stick together, united in intentional disobedience to God. I was talking to Pastor Sean this week about the message he was going to preach live in Audubon, um, but instead y'all have me on the video, so sorry. Um, Pastor Sean was sick, keep him in your prayers, believing for healing in the name of Jesus, amen. Um, but as I was talking to Pastor Sean, uh, he reminded me of 1 Samuel chapter 15, which reads, uh, to obey is better than to sacrifice. But so often I think believers are like, you know what, I want to keep sleeping around, but I'll give a big offering on the weekend to make up for it. But God's like, how about you just obey? Too often we have Christians that are like, well, I'm just going to keep living in disobedience, but I'll do penance, like, a, like, like I'll whip my back with a cat of nine tails and, and, and I'll sacrifice uh, 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 for my disobedience. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 no. God says it's better to obey. That's why it's better to tithe and then join us in the bold campaign than just, even if you would give more in the bold campaign, we'd rather you give less and just tithe first because it's better to obey than to sacrifice and tithing is obedience and the offerings are sacrifice. Yes, we can and should do both for periods of time, but we must always obey, amen. And so they didn't obey God's command. God said spread. It may seem scary out there alone. It may seem scary to do what no one else has done, to go where no one else has been, to be where no one else is. But listen to me right now, you need to catch this. The safest place you can ever be is the center of God's will. If God says start a business in the middle of a pandemic, that's the safest and best thing you can do. Can I get an amen? Obedience is the safest and best plan for your life. What has God commanded you to do? Do that, go there, give that, help them, work there. If God called you to be a garbage truck driver, your life will be better and your influence will be stronger and it will last longer as a garbage truck driver than as an executive at the garbage company if God didn't call you to be that. 
Don't edit God's command. Don't hear the word garbage and be like, I'm going to rule this garbage company. No, 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 no. Instead say, God, God called me to be a garbage truck driver and until he calls me to do something else, this is what I will do. Don't do half of what God called you to do. Half of what God commanded you will hurt you just as quick as none of what God commanded you because the Babylonians did, because those in Mesopotamia did half of what God commanded. All people got evil together. If they obeyed, some places would have honored God and some would not have. But they multiplied, but they didn't go forth. They multiplied, but they didn't fill the earth. Sometimes partial obedience will hurt you. But thank God, the Lord come down. Amen. You don't want to disperse? Boom. Now you're dispersed. Good luck. They didn't want to disperse. They wanted one people, one nation, one government on earth, one pinnacle, one monument to their government. One government on earth and the pinnacle of power being the Tower of Babylon, Tower of Babel. You see, Babel was mankind's first attempt at a one world government. Well, you're drawing a lot out of that, Jesse. Well, number one, I could draw that out of this on its own, but in context of the entire Word of God, as I read Daniel, as I read Revelation, as I read the New Testament, it's not just something I'm drawing out of this today for fun. It's what it indicates. I know this because I've read the book of Revelation as well, how it speaks about end times, the one world government and the spirit of Babylon. And the first time we see the spirit of Babylon at work is right here in uh, Genesis chapter 10, verse 5, and chapter 11. What on, earth, what on earth am I talking about? Let me explain. Because I, I, I realize that some of you may be new Christians, may have been a believer for like one year, and you're like, what is he talking about? One world government, spirit of Babylon, what, what, Antichrist, what is all this, right? Uh, the Bible predicts <clears throat> uh, an evil one world or global government, uh, that's predicted in Daniel and in Revelation. It will come after the rise of a confederation of 10 nations or regions. We see that in Revelation chapter 13, Daniel chapter 7, and Daniel chapter 2, verses 41 to 42. Now, one member of the confederation will displace three of the other members, subdue them, attack them, rule over them, and they will be led by the demonically empowered Antichrist, okay? Um, who's the Antichrist? Uh, scripture talks about him as the man of lawlessness, right? That he will, that they basically say he's like a son of Satan, basically. He's a He's a man, he's not an angel, he's not a demon, but he's a demonically inspired man who's devoted his life to lawlessness and ruling over other people. He's the anti-Christ. Um, and, uh, and, and, and he has that name for two reasons. Number one, he will present himself as the antithesis of the Christ, okay? And so anti doesn't always mean opposite. Sometimes it means the pinnacle of, right? And so he'll present himself as, as the, 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 the antithesis of the Christ. Uh, but in reality, he is anti the Christ, okay? And so, um, and so there will be this man. He will rule the world through this one world government, um, now, this confederation of 10 nations that is most often connected with the United Nations, um, if this connection is correct, and it may not be, but if this connection is correct, it may be the UN or a similar 
group that is mentioned indirectly in the Bible, um, but there's no way to be completely sure who this grouping will be uh, until the Antichrist makes his appearance. And we'll talk a bit more about that maybe later in the message, and maybe one day we'll do a whole sermon on end times. And basically all this is going to happen and precede the great tribulation uh, and the rapture where Jesus Christ comes and, and, and all the saints will be gathered together with him in the clouds and we will, we will skip, hopefully, uh, <laughs> some pain. And then there's some debate about will we be raptured post-tribulation or after tribulation and those are some words that most of you don't have a clue what I'm talking about um, but I'll preach on it or teach on it someday all right hopefully that helped you understand what I'm talking about so basically that's a time to come where the whole world will be ruled by a one world government and one very evil demonically empowered demonically uh, possessed man uh, a man of lawlessness okay you can read about that a lot in, in the New Testament as well. Paul talks about him. It's the Antichrist. He also says there are many Antichrists, but there will be one Antichrist. And what he means is there's many people who are Antichrist, but there will be one who will be the antithesis of those who are Antichrist. Those are big words. Anyway, <clears throat> so back to the Tower of Babel and the passage. So now again, and I say that so you know this, I'm not reading into the passage. I'm talking about what the passage is about a spirit of Babylon, a spirit of one world government and control, okay? So they wanted everybody together, one language, one agenda, one government, one culture, one ruler, one kumbaya, kumbaya, right? And God said, no, no. So what's the problem with staying together? Why did God say no? Well, God said nothing will be impossible for them. You see, what he's saying, he's not saying like literally, well, they could become the God of the heavens and the earth, but he's saying that, 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 that unified unbelievers are capable of all kinds of evil. When unbelievers are unified against God, they're capable of unbelievable evil. We see that all the time, right? See, God's plan is for nations, is for multiple governments, is for multiple different rulers, multiple different kings, multiple different nations, all under one king. Not one earthly king, not one demonic king, but under the king of kings, King Jesus. Not a man, come on now, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. So God instituted nations, boundaries, cultures, languages, borders, governments. These come from God. These are not bad. Sure, they don't all honor God, right? No, I can point to a lot of places that don't honor God. I can point to states that don't honor God. I've been to New York, all right? I know that not everybody honors God. But the great thing about boundaries and, and individual cultures and, and separate languages and different governments is that while some won't honor God, some will. And even today, while many don't honor God, there are still some that strive to honor and bless the Lord, amen? So on earth, there are three ways we can operate as countries or as a world, right? Uh, number one, we can operate, uh, nations can operate under isolationists. They can be uh, isolated. Um, a great example of that would be uh, North Korea. China used to be like that, but the idea would be North Korea, uh, you know, just uh, leave me alone, let me build my nukes and punish and starve my own people. All right? You'll, you'll, you'll pretty much never see an isolated country thriving, okay? Just won't happen. Now, you may see an isolated culture that's thriving not because they've chosen isolation, but they haven't had opportunity to meet other people. Absolutely, right? Like, and they may do okay, but what we see is people thrive when we're not isolated, okay? And so countries that are isolated, all kinds of evil happen there. Um, Christians who are isolated, all kinds of evil happens there. Uh, isolated Christians will not prosper. 
Christians who don't go to church will not prosper and grow into their Christian maturity as they're supposed to, <clears throat> all right? So it's bad for nations, it's bad for individuals, and it's especially bad for, uh, for believers. Then the next option is nationalism, okay? Um, the United States was, mostly is, and should be considered a nationalist country. Most people still would. Um, basically, this now it, it never used to have a dirty word until the last uh, couple of years. Been people who just didn't like a group of people were like nationalists, and, and we're sitting here and we're like, yeah, we, we are. Correct, you know. Uh, me personally, I'm actually a Christian nationalist. Uh, I'm a Christian who's a nationalist, and I'd prefer it if the laws of my nation would line up with the Word of God and honor people, love people, care for people, but not destroy people and, and, and not dishonor God's design. Amen? Um, <clears throat> nationalism is basically this I love my country, I want and pray for the peace, the prosperity, the well being of my nation and the people within my nation. I wish you and your nation well too, but I'm gonna let you take care of yours, I'll take care of mine. You love your culture, I love my culture, I'll pop in and visit your culture every now and again. If you let me, you can pop in and visit my culture every now and again. If you let me, but you do you, boo boo, I'll do me, hee hee, all right? And uh, uh, you do your thing and I'll do mine. We'll work together when that's mutually beneficial. I'll buy your stuff if it's good. You can buy my stuff if you think it's good. Uh, let me know if I can help you. Uh, if you've got people starving, you know, let me know. I don't want my neighbors to starve. Let me know if I can help you and I'll reach out to you if I need help. That's nationalism. Okay, <clears throat> not a bad thing. It's a good thing. On a micro level, it's much like our homes, right? I have a fence. I have boundaries. My house has walls. You live in your house. Don't you try come and live in my house, all right? Uh, if you want to, knock on the door and ask my permission. Don't barge in, all right? In my house, we do things a certain way. In your house, you do things a certain way. Um, in my house, I'm gonna keep doing it my way. You're not gonna make me do my house your way, okay? And vice versa, all right? Don't mess with my family. Don't come into my house uninvited. Don't steal from me. We'll get along fine. If you wanna come in, knock on the door. Don't break through the windows upstairs in the middle of the night or you will get shot because this is Iowa, and we got all the guns, all right? So that's just a little warning. If you feel like breaking into the Newman house, at your own risk, I will shoot and ask questions later, <clears throat> all right? Um, but there is a safe way to get into my house. Hey, Pastor Jesse, we just need some counseling. That's fantastic. Do that at the front door, all right? You want some sugar, you want some honey, you want some flour, you need some marriage counseling at 2 a.m. in the morning. Again, the front door is available, all right? If we respect each other's boundaries, we'll get along just fine. Knock on the door if you need something. Text my wife if you need a babysitter, um, and we'll all look after each other. Nationalism is essentially that on a national level. Sound good? Nationalism is not without its possible negatives, though. Of course, some people can begin to worship the government instead of father. Um, they can uh, begin to put all their faith uh, in government institutions instead of families being run properly. They can worship the security that God provided through the nation instead of the God who set it up. Um, they can sometimes begin to put all their faith in who is or is not the president, their local representative, senator, congressman, councillor, uh, school board, or whatever else. They can start to look to Donald Trump for salvation, or they can start to look to Joe Biden for salvation. They could start to see the GOP or the Democrats uh, or a third party, if we ever have one of those. Uh, if only we had a third party, that would bring us salvation. Um, no, it wouldn't. The only salvation for us uh, and for our country is found in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? And if we as a nation and our leaders and our people humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, God will heal our land. And uh, I do thank God for that humbling moment where SCOTUS uh, rebuked themselves.
themselves basically and said there is no constitutional right to an abortion and it was a humbling moment and I believe paving the way for what I hope is some healing in our land. Uh, nationalism is the form of government on earth that God designed and God instituted. There's nothing wrong with it uh, per se, uh, but like any other thing on earth can be corrupted. But thank God when it's corrupted, not every nation is corrupted. Y'all understand. So what's wrong with globalism? Globalism is the last option. Uh, globalism is from the spirit of Babylon. What's it uh, look like today? Um, it seeks to have us all behave as global citizens. Um, more and more the devil and his demons are pushing the world toward a one world or a global government in opposition to God's plan for many nations and many cultures and many tongues uh, that humble themselves, bowing down to the King of Kings. And I do love that in the end, God wants to see um, uh, uh, the King of Kings above many tongues, many nations bowing down in worship to God. The spirit of Babylon wants us to embrace globalism and sameness. He wants to distinguish that. Uh, sorry, it wants to destroy that which distinguishes us. In Daniel, <clears throat> the book of Daniel, we see the spirit of Babylon at work uh, when the Babylonians destroyed Israel, destroyed the temple, brainwashed the kids, and castrated the men. Uh, we see the spirit of Babylon beginning to work today, uh, closing churches, brainwashing the kids with this new world uh, religion of wokeism, castrating the men, turning them into feminists and emotional wrecks instead of warriors, protectors, and providers that God called them to be. Uh, we see this in Revelation, that the same spirit of Babylon will usher in the Antichrist. Uh, and that right there is what God hates about unified unbelievers, is they will usher in the Antichrist in a period of great pain and torment and torture on the earth that I personally don't want to be here for. Anybody else? People are like, Lord, come back. I'm like, Lord, wait till I'm dead. Come on now. Right, selfishly, I don't want to be here for that. Um, they're unified against God, all right? Unified unbelievers are dangerous. They're unified against God. And what do I mean by that? Listen, there will never be a man who is good enough to take the throne over all of mankind. Never. <clears throat> and so you're like, this seems conspiracy, th you know, sort of bit conspiracy theory about not wanting a one world government, it'll go bad. No, it will go bad because there will never ever be a man good enough for that job. No, you're not good enough for that. No, you're not. You will be corrupted in that role. Whenever there is an opportunity for that much power, the devil corrupts them. I'm not good enough for that role. Man, even your mama isn't good enough for that job, all right? Hey man, look at your wife and say, honey, even you will be corrupted. Nope. Like, no, she for sure can do it. No, she can't. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can take the throne over all of mankind, amen? He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. He's the beginning and the end. He's the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is to come. He's the one who was there in the beginning, was there in the middle, is still there today. He's the one who was tempted uh, in the wilderness and came out without sin. Come on now. The only one who can take the throne over all mankind is Jesus Christ. Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Can somebody give the Lord some praise? Amen. <clears throat> if the United Nations ruled the earth, we'd be in some real trouble. Some real trouble. 
Now, I acknowledge that often these global initiatives and these kinds of things can start out with good intentions, or at least uh, I'm kind enough to imagine that they might have. After the UN, after the League of Nations failed, the UN was uh, created to try and maintain peace and order, or so we're told. But now there's almost nothing, un- there's almost nothing uh, godly about them. They frequently curse Israel while, he- while literally encouraging the Babylonians. Um, the USA uh, being one of the very few nations to adhere to a biblical approach with regard to Israel. God saying, if you bless Israel, I'll bless you. If you curse Israel, I'll curse you. Well, the United Nations curses Israel and blesses literally the Babylonians. So that's crazy. Um, They push a globalist agenda. They push open borders where God actually instituted times and places for us to live. Um, They push, uh, sorry, massive human rights abusers like Russia and China have permanent seats on the Security Council and have veto power over other over all the UN activities. That's pretty crazy, is it not? Right? There are people in here, and I'm seeing their faces. Like I can't believe he's actually saying this out loud, live online. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Um, It's not a good organization. They're trying to destroy gender. Uh, Just look at this tweet that's directly from the UN. We'll throw that tweet up on the screen. Three, two, one, go. Nope, we're not putting it up. There it is. Look at this tweet. This is from the UN directly. I I went and got it myself and screenshotted it. Uh, What you say matters. Help create a more equal world by using gender-neutral language. No. Uh, if you're unsure about someone's gender or are referring to a group, you know, don't say mankind, humankind, don't say chairman, say chair, don't say congressman, say legislator, don't say businessman, don't say policeman, don't say landlord, landlord, okay, that's bad. Uh, don't say boyfriend or girlfriend, why not? Don't say salesman, don't say manpower, don't say maiden name, don't say fireman. Maiden name isn't your family name, by the way, it's not even right. Uh, fireman, firefighter, husband, wife, spouse, no, 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 go away, leave me alone. Yeah. All right? Go away, leave me alone. After the Roe v. Wade ruling, uh, let me zoom in on this, uh, on July 1st, after the Roe v. Wade ruling, um, the UN, this is on their website, uh, a week since the US Supreme Court overturned a landmark 50-year judgment guaranteeing access to abortion, UN, uh, UN independent experts urged the United States lawmakers to adhere to international law that protects women's right to sexual and reproductive health. How about you just get out of our country? All right? So that way, one nation can honor God and your nation cannot. <clears throat> you can dishonor God and we're going to keep honoring God. Leave us alone. In 2014, the General Secretary of the UN, without consulting member nations, unilaterally changed the UN position on gay marriage to affirm all legal unions. But worst of all, they push an anti God globalist agenda on the whole world. Perhaps it started with good intentions, perhaps it didn't. But when anyone or any group has that much power, it will be corrupted because none of us are that good. I'm not, we could not become the council, we're not good enough. These are just some examples, not to mention the assault on freedom, independence, and national sovereignty. Now, what about NATO? Started off possibly with good intentions, but now because of NATO, we're looking down the barrel of a massive world war. Meddling in other countries' politics, lacking in humility. What about the WHO? They fully embraced uh, gender-neutral language, redefined gender and gender transitioning as care uh, and a right under sexual health. They encouraged nations to embrace gender surgeries and even gender hormone suppression for children as they wait to discover what gender they are. And don't forget about lockdowns, health passports, and taking a leaf out of China's book, all right? These are not good. They may have. It sounds great. Let's have a World Health Organization. The world wants to be healthier, yet I've never heard them tell anybody to eat some salad and go for a run. 
You'd think that would be number one priority for the WHO. Y'all need to eat salad, more red meat, and go for a run, right? The World Economic Forum, hello. One, One world currencies, cryptocurrencies. You know what? We don't want the whole world on a cryptocurrency where the whole world, where, where one group in the world gets to decide who can buy and sell based on what they do and don't believe. If you read your Bibles, you'll know why that's not a good thing. What kind of policies do people think that these worldwide organizations will embrace, encourage, and ultimately enforce? Look, a unified world with a unified ruler will not unify behind godly ideals. They'll unify against God, against design, and against God's command. The spirit of Babylon seeks to use every crisis as a mean to gain more control over more people. Why does every crisis need more tax and more government control? I don't understand why that's the solution to every problem in the world. They even manufacture crises for us to ha- so that we can all run in fear together for safety's sake. Climate change. We need to come together climate, to battle this climate change, and everybody needs to do this. Well, whatever. Coronavirus, monkeypox. No, we need to let each nation govern themselves. We need to work together when we can. We need to appreciate and value each other's cultures and try not to force the whole world to be beige. I was thinking, I was, I was interested in this soccer, when the United States soccer team was wearing the, the LGBT flag to Qatar, and I was like, well, that ain't going to go well, and you know that, and you're being stupid, right? <clears throat> I knew that wasn't going to go well, because I've got a brain, and, I, um, and, so, and what I found interesting is, um, then they, they had the audacity to lecture Qatar on how they need to affirm LGBT causes. And what I find fascinating about this is the same group of people are always getting angry about colonialism and invading other people's cultures and we should never have come to, the, to this land and they should never have gone to that land and they should never have gone to Australia and they should never have gone here and colonization is evil and all this gear. But what they're doing right now is trying to culturally colonize the entire world with the same belief system. And they say, well, we've finally arrived. We've got the best culture, this woke kind of progressive culture. It's finally the one culture worth colonizing the whole world. And so Qatar, you need to do what we say. No, 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 listen up. The only culture that is supposed to colonize the whole world is this. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Because the only kingdom that should fill the whole earth is the kingdom of God in you and through me. In me and through you, can I get an amen? The only authority that should ever cover the whole earth is the authority of the kingdom of God in and through you and me. A one world government will not solve any problems. No one is good enough for that. No group of people are righteous enough for that. It will always be corrupted. It will always be corrupted. If you're worried about the state of the world right now, what you need to do is pray that we move away from globalism because I don't want to be here for the return of Christ. I'd rather die peacefully in my sleep at exactly 82 years old. And if that doesn't happen at 83, I'll have a skydiving accident. (laughs) That is my plan. (laughs) Too many shaking. It'll be an accident. The key word was accident, all right? 
I don't, I don't want to be here for that. Pray we move further away from globalism. Pray our leaders in our nations humble themselves before God. Pray that other leaders of other nations humble themselves before God, that they seek His ways. And you, just live your life the best you can, according to His Word, His plans, and speak His Word. Don't conform to this crazy agenda, to this cultural colonization that the world is embarked on right now. Just live your life and preach the truth. Don't try to change other people's cultures with anything but the Word of God. They don't have to sing how we sing. They don't have to dress how we dress. They don't have to do church the way we do church. But they need to do church, and they need to sing worship, and they need to preach the Word. He is your salvation. He is your strong tower. He is your healer. He's your provider. He's your hope. Sorry, your help. He's your ever-present help and your hope. Not Trump. Not Biden. Hey, if you haven't seen my Instagram, you probably don't know, but I'm actually on the DeSantis bandwagon, have for a while. But Ron DeSantis is not my hope. He is not my savior. My hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> and because of that, I've got a peace that the world can't take away. I've got peace like a river running through my soul. I just thank you, Jesus, for making me whole. Wash my sins away. You gave me hope to stay. Who knows this song? One person. And then they put their hand down. I was like, actually, I don't. I got joy like a river running. Anyway, through my soul. Can we sing that? Do you know it? Starts with peace, then goes to joy, then goes to hope. I got peace like a river running through my soul. I just thank you, Jesus, for making me... All right, I'm going to get on with the sermon. <clears throat> but I got a peace that the world can't take away. I got a joy that the world can't take away. And even if the world keeps pushing towards this globalist, anti-God, anti-design, anti-God's commands, this, this, this crazy colonize, this crazy woke culture colonizing the world, even should it happen, I'll have peace, I'll have joy, I'll pastor my kids, that which is the parent's job, by the way, to pastor and disciple your kids. I'll do that. I'll protect them. I'll look after them. I'll provide for them. I'll do my best. And I know that should I die in the process, God's got me. And I'll go to heaven. I thank God that this is that our religion is not a die and go to heaven religion, although when I die, I'll go to heaven, not after a period of time, but immediately, like Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me uh, in paradise. Thank God I'll be there right away, but I love that, that it's more than that. It's more than, we're not a, just a die and go to heaven religion, we're a, we're a resurrection religion. Just like Christ was resurrected, we'll be resurrected. We were designed body and, body and, and soul at the same time, not, 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 not one then the other, not a soul then a body, but body and soul, it's always God. God intention that we would be resurrected, that the dead will rise again and, and we will inhabit the new earth and the new heavens, amen. We're a resurrection religion. My hope is in the Lord, not in what's happening on this earth. You can have peace too. In a moment, I'm going to pray for you that you would have peace because it's crazy out there. And I know I, sometimes I, I, 
I, I, I, the world never takes my peace away. Sometimes I just um, I give it up for a bit. Do you know what I mean? And I'm telling you, it's never been done to me because the world can't take it away. It's only ever been surrendered to them. Happens like, this, this is the main way I, sur- I'm telling you, number one, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. This is the number one way that I surrender my peace. Doing it right now. Just surrendering my peace. I don't need peace. I need to read all this garbage. Well, that looks particularly bad. I need to Google that for two hours. I I tend to surrender my peace. It doesn't get taken away. And I bring it back by getting in the Word, getting, getting in the Word of God, getting in the presence of God, getting around the people of God, getting in the house of God. Bring the peace back in Jesus' name. But I'm going to pray for you if you have surrendered your peace. But first, there's people here who have never been given that joy like a river running through their soul because you haven't given your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ, you too can sing cool songs like me. And so, no, there's a lot more to it than that. Now, give your life to Christ and you can have peace. You don't have to be blown around when the wind blows, the waves crash. Your life can be built on a firm foundation, anchored in truth full of grace, overflowing with peace. Scripture says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. So I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ today. Like I said, it's crazy out there. Listen, Jesus is coming back one day. That's the last chance anyone ever have to give their lives to Christ. But you are going to die one day too. And uh, that'll be your last chance to give your life to Christ. We don't know when that moment is. After you give your life to Christ, you'll still sin, you'll still make mistakes but it won't be counted against you because the blood of Jesus Christ will have paid the price for your past, present, future sins. But you need to live in humility, seeking after God, His plans, His ways, His commands, asking Him and opening your life up for God to transform your life and help you live the life that God designed for you. I want to encourage you to give Him your life today so that your life can be full of peace, so that you can start to find purpose and you can start to live the life that God designed for you. God has good plans for your life. Scripture says that He knows the plans. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten the plans that He has for you. He knows the plans He has for you. Plans to prosper you, bless you, fill your life with hope. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you enjoyed it, please check out our other episodes. If you would like to connect with Eternity Church, be sure to go to myeternity.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at myeternitychurch. We'll see you next week. Love you heaps.